0: So our next uh, term that we wanted to define is coping. And um, coping says to deal with and and attempt to overcome problems and difficult difficulties, often used with learning to cope with the demands of a schedule. And, you know, I was thinking about this time. I was having this conversation with my dad. And I think he had asked me, yo, like, you know, how are you doing? And I think I may have said something like, I'm maintaining, because I don't know, that was like the word of the day, like late 90s, whatever. Maintaining. <laughs> and he was like, mm, that's not very good. It doesn't sound like a very good place to be. And he, too, is a social worker and a pastor. And I was like, "Well, why not?" He was like, "Maintaining is like you're just making it." Like, "What about? What about thriving? What about being more than maintaining?" And so I wanted to say that coping coping is coping is not a bad thing. Maintaining is not a bad thing, but do you want to do more than just cope? There's the question, Pastor. What do you What do you think about that?
1: I think maintaining is hilarious. It makes me think of uh, when people often say, "You know, I'm okay. I'm I." Right, you know, and okay really is not great. You know, it's like, how do I look in this dress? You look okay. It's like, um, how is that surgeon that needs to operate on your grandmother? Well, he's okay. So I agree that to be okay is nice. It's not great. And then the second thought is, I do like when someone at least is holding on. They're coping enough to hold on. They're not choosing to give up. They're not choosing to give in. And so while of course we wanna do more than cope, if all you have in the moment is the ability to cope, meaning you're not gonna harm yourself, you're not gonna harm anyone else, then I receive that as well.
0: Um, I guess one question that I have, are there good and bad ways to cope or is it all good? Is it all bad? Are there certain ways you're supposed to go about it? Like, is there a healthy way to cope?
1: Wow. Great question. I I think there's both, there's good ways to cope and there's, you know, less favorable ways to cope. So when I think about, let's say I'm stressed, I got an exam coming up. I have a paper to write, maybe I have a ministry commitment. I just have a lot going on in my life and I'm feeling stressed, I'm feeling anxious, I'm feeling very preoccupied. I would say maybe a favorable way to cope would be maybe exercise, just trying to, try to get a little release. And I find that to be very helpful. And maybe a less favorable way to cope may be just constantly snacking, cause it's kind of like takes your mind off of what you're supposed to be dealing with. And I can give a lot more examples, but those are, those are two that come to mind.
0: Yeah, that's good. Um, I love, I, I, I love how you ask the question because, um, I think there's always there, I think there's always like a spectrum, right? And you can always find yourself on one end or in the middle <laughs> or in the other, you know? Um, which brings us to one of the maybe unhealthier ways to cope and that's binging. And so uh, Webster's Dictionary says, binging is an unrestrained and often excessive indulgence. Uh, binge, binging is an act of excessive or compulsive consumption as in food, I mean, I think in our in our day, right, Pastor Mitchell, when we thought about binging, it always had to do with food or drink, right? Um, because our technology was not really in a place where you could just sit and watch the same TV show for hours on end, unless it was like, uh, what do you call it, like Christmas Eve and you're gonna watch a Christmas story? <laughs> you know, or, or you know... Um, Uh, What do you call it? I think the Twilight Zone will come on on Christmas Eve too or something like that. Um, But in our uh, new season of life, you can turn on Netflix. I can turn on Hulu or HBO Max or whatever and I could literally take an entire day or weekend or week or weeks and catch up on every single episode of every single season. And real talk, I'm gonna just be real with y'all. I've done it, okay. (laughs) I've binge watched uh, Grey's Anatomy. I have binge watched, um, what else have I binge watched? Uh, Madam Secretary. what else? Uh, I think I binge watched Scandal. Oh, um, yeah, like I've done that. And I'm gonna just say this: that binging. I don't know. I feel like binging serves a kind of purpose, you know. Um, but I can't say that it's the healthiest place to be, you know. I mean, if you're if you've had surgery, right? or some type of medical procedure, and you are like the bed is your home, you can't go anywhere, you are resting, you are recuperating, um, then yeah, maybe watching a season of whatever your favorite show is could be something to help you pass the time. Um, but I don't know, Pastor Mitchell, what, what are your thoughts? Cause you're the expert. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we're talking about mental health and uh, health in general, and uh, I'm so glad that you brought up the, the relevant reality of today and how we can binge watch, which kind of jumps us a little bit, but I have to say that oftentimes binge watching is an escape. It allows us and affords us an opportunity just to take our mind off of whatever the stress, duress, and pressure is of the day, and I think it could be a good thing if we can snap back. But you know how like you're watching, it's like, I'm just gonna watch this last episode and then the next episode starts. It's like, oh man, I gotta see this. And then the next one starts and you done watched five, six, seven, eight episodes or more. And so I think that's often the trap and the trick of binging. But I do wanna rewind to the traditional version of binging, which made me think of two terms, anorexia and bulimia. And both mean the obsessive, nature of body image and how you look. And it's obsessive with wanting to lose weight, wanting to stay thin. And uh, this is, I think, relevant for both men and women. Statistically, we've seen that uh, women more so are oftentimes consumed with their body imaging, which is why I think it's really hurtful to body shame. So when we're talking about mental health, it's you know sometimes we're joking, but we'll say something about someone And they may be playing it off and just kind of laughing, but inside Chaplin, people are crying because it hurts. And so anorexia is the obsessive desire to lose weight. It's the identical definition for bulimia with the exception that bulimia includes self-induced vomiting. Why? You'll eat, you'll eat, you'll binge, you binge, you binge. But because you don't want to look overweight and you may not have any body fat on you, you're still going to induce vomiting. And so I just wanted to acknowledge that we can binge watch in terms of the the modern day term of how we look at television or movies. But then we still have that concept of a lot of us who have an insecure body image. And um, as peers and as a community, we really should check any of our friends that jokingly came at another human being. Because statistically, it shows that in the 90 percentile, if someone stands up for a friend, it will decrease and almost stop body shaming. Just with one person speaking up. So know that your voice matters and it's very impactful with you just politely, respectfully saying, yo, chill. That's that wasn't cool. Please don't do that. And it and it really helps to to cease that kind of behavior.
0: Wow. Can I can I tell her, do y'all mind if I tell a truth about me? Yeah, my mind? Okay. So I love that you said that, and it reminded me of a time, my grandmom, um, Irene, um, she died um, due to COVID last year, and she passed like three weeks before her 101st birthday. And I was just, when you said that, it reminded me of a time when um, she said something about my body. And my dad was in the room when she said it. And I just kind of like, well, whatever, you know. Um, And my dad spoke up for me. He advocated for me. I don't remember her ever saying anything else again to Leah about her body. And so I didn't know that. I didn't know that fact, yes. Yo, get big shout out to my dad, Pastor Kendrick Prescott. You are like the bomb.com. Um, and so I just like I, I, let's if 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 nothing else, y'all, um, that we don't take away anything else, I think that's a good takeaway for the week to speak up for someone else or to speak up even for yourself. If someone says something about your body, whatever they might say about your body that is not uplifting and does not reflect you bearing the image of God. Amen. (laughs) So the next uh, definition that we wanna define or the next term we wanna define is thriving. And so thriving means to grow vigorously, to flourish, to gain in wealth or possession, to prosper, to progress toward or realize a goal despite or because of circumstances. Thriving. Is thriving the goal?
1: That's a great question, Chaplain. <laughs> and I say it's a great question because, in the spirit of thriving, sometimes we get caught up and lose balance and we want to maintain a 4.0 GPA, we want to maintain a certain amount of money in our bank account, we want to maintain a certain level of popularity, which means we're on this team, we're in this group, we're going out with this group of girlfriends, this group of fellas, or the mixed group. And so sometimes thriving can, can mean an overcommitment. And yet there's the other side that makes me think of, we do want to strive to thrive that we don't wanna be mediocre. Again, okay is not good enough. Um, Average, in the context, I know your families and average really is not acceptable in any of your households. And so we know that our parents and we know even by our own standards, we wanna do our best. And so that's where to me, that's the fancy word, the intersectionality or, or the meeting point of thriving and striving to me is doing your best. It's being true to who you are and knowing that if you did your best, if it wasn't good enough for anyone else, but because you had a talk with God, you had a talk with your parents, and you arrive at this place, then that's then that's okay. And I think that's what's critical for me when it comes to mental health. Being authentic, honest with yourself and striving for that standard.
0: That's good. That's good. Now, I have to admit that some of our next few terms um, get a little bit heavier. Um, And so the next few terms we'll be talking about is escaping. We're also going to be talking about suicide and suicidal ideation. We're also going to be talking about homicide and homicidal ideation. So um, we want to just put that little disclaimer out there. And even before we get there, I wanted to share a resource for anyone who might need, and one is for homicide prevention, Um, you can simply call 911, um, or you could dial the National Crisis Hotline, and that number is 1-800-273-8255, or even the FBI tip line. 800-255-5324, 800-255-5324, of course those numbers are for the US, but we wanted to share those because, you know, oftentimes we talk about suicidal prevention um, and the resources that are available there, but there's also resources if you feel like you wanna take or harm someone else or take their life. So for suicide, um, the national hotline is 800 800- and um, these hotlines are open 24 hours a day uh, seven days a week and so we want to make sure that if anyone is in need of those resources you can also email me if you're outside of the country outside of the U.S. you can email me at chaplain at ta.edu